Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, how are you doing at Dreaming with God? Do you find that to be a challenge or does it come easily? What do you do about the timing components? I think dreaming with God is really critical that we talk about that because we are living in a season where a lot of dreams are being stripped away from the body of Christ and people are really having to learn to contend for their dreams. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about really how God gives us solutions for living, how he teaches us to step into those dreams, to hang on to those dreams. We're going to learn some of the challenges along the way. And honestly, you're going to be really encouraged to dream with God again. So I want to encourage you just to grab a cup of coffee, um, find a comfortable chair. Today's going to be a little bit longer. I was trying to figure out how to split it up, but I think we just need to go through it. It's going to be really powerful and encouraging. So grab that cup of coffee, grab a journal so you can take some notes. Because one of your assignments is going to be to really learn to dream with God. And part of that is writing down what he shows, what he gives us, and seeing the patterns that run along through those dreams over the years, that can even be more powerful. So I want to encourage you to do that. Let me just take a moment and introduce myself. My name is Ruth Hendrickson. The ministry that I oversee is called RHM International. We have lots of various components, but our heart is really to raise up, free up, heal up the body of Christ because we are all here on earth for such a time as this. And my heart is really to see everyone walk that out with the authority, with the healing, with the power that comes from the very kingdom of heaven, because that is the only way that we truly bring heaven to earth. So if you want to learn more about the ministry, just visit the website. It is ruthhendrickson.org. And so you can find all those materials on there. It's also the place where you can connect with Masha, which is our emotional healing and deliverance ministry team. They minister around the world. Why is that important? Because sometimes to walk out the dreams, we need some help walking through that healing process also. Really safe, effective ministry model to help us hear the voice of God and get that freedom that we so desperately need. So again, that website is ruthhendrickson.org. All right, everyone have your cup of coffee, your comfy chair, or if you're driving, you're all set to go, then you know your comfy chair is hopefully your car. But here we go. We want to talk about dreaming. We want to talk about waiting on the promises of God, making sure that we don't shortchange the process. And and what are you know, what are the keys to that? You know, years ago I was reading a book. I don't remember the title of the book, but there is a statement that really seared into my memory. And basically that statement was along the lines of if you can accomplish the dream, or if I can accomplish the dream that's in, in front of me in and of myself then it's not a God dream. And so often we'll stop with those dreams because we're in control. We really feel like we can make it happen. And so I just want us to understand point number one, that if we can accomplish the dream in and of ourselves, then it's not a God dream. It doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It can still be a good idea, but it's not a God dream. You see, what comes along with God's dream is God's promises. And, you know, of course, scripture is filled with the promises of God. But as we learn to dream with him, he also there's there's promises with our own lives that gets um, released within the components of that dream. 
So it can be really fun to dream with God, right? Amen. Do I hear that? But it can also be really frustrating. I could hear an even louder amen going forth with that. You know, with the God dreams, it is not unusual for things to unfold very, very different than we expect, right? And it's like we get to the other end and it's like, wow, if I had realized what I would have to walk through to get from the moment of the dream to the fruition or the fulfillment of that dream, I never would have done it because it was a hard, hard road. But God, of course, gives us strength as we need it to, to make it through. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says we see in a mirror dimly. That tells me right there, I don't have a clear picture of life. That's why we talk so much about having to see from a different perspective, having to see from a heavenly perspective. The other thing that we run into is that we tell time very differently than God does. We look very much at the chronological clock and say, this is the way that it goes. But God sees a different picture. He sees a much bigger picture and time passes very differently for him. If you, if you want to take a look at that, just take a look at second Peter three, eight, and you'll find that God's clock is a little different than ours. So anyways, within the old Testament, we have great examples of a dreamer. You know, we see examples throughout the old Testament of how clear a dream can be and how unclear a dream can be at the same time. We see God's timing component come into play along with the fact that our God could make the impossible come to pass in ways that we never even imagined. So the question becomes, how do we wait on the promises of God and not jump ahead? Easier said than done, right? It's a big question that we have. How do we wait on the promises of God and not jump ahead? You see, in scripture, in the book of Genesis, we have the story of Abraham and Sarah. God comes to them and he promises that they're going to have a child. Now, I want us to understand that this isn't just a little fly-by-night promise, okay? This is a promise that comes from the very throne room of heaven. There's no doubt about the promise. God even confirms it with a covenant. But as we go through the story, we find that things don't happen in the time frame that Abraham and Sarah expect. In fact, in the natural, they were too old to bear children. Sometimes when we look at our dreams, in the natural, there's no way they can happen. But remember what I said at the beginning— a God dream, we can't make happen ourselves. And so we have to understand the point between the word or promise of the Lord and the fulfillment. It could be a dangerous time. It could be a stressful time. It could be a trying time. And so we have to really stay connected with the God, the dream giver, the dream giver, the promise keeper, the one who could do the impossible. You see that point between the word, the dream, the promise of God and its fulfillment it can be a point in time in which it feels like all the forces of hell come against the promise of God because they certainly don't want to see this come to pass. It's a time when we will likely question if we've even heard from God, or maybe we didn't. We may try to talk ourselves out of it. It's a time where the impossibility of the God dream will seem even larger, and it threatens to drown out the fact that nothing is impossible with God, because again, it's so easy to fall back into trying to make it happen ourselves, which leads to the next point. It is a time where we can try to work things out ourselves and others will even partner with us in trying to make that dream happen. It's a season where we may attempt to justify a solution to that dream. That's not a God solution. So with Abraham and Sarah, nothing was happening in the natural and, but they had this promise of a child. No indication that anything was happening. So they took matters into their own hands, as we know, 
as was the custom of the day and just say, as was the custom of the day. This is one of the reasons why we have to unequivocally stand on the word of God, who our God is, what scripture says, because Abraham and Sarah, a man and a woman who were sold out to God, loved God and tried to make God's word and his promise came to pass aligned with an acceptable cultural practice which was actually against the word of the Lord. So what happens, of course, you probably know is Sarah goes and suggests that Abraham um, sleeps, uh, marries and sleeps with Hagar, who's Sarah's servant. And what the justification is that God made this promise so it hasn't happened through us, through our union. So if you go and have relations with Hagar, then maybe that promised child will come through that. And so needless to say, um, Hagar becomes pregnant and then all sorts of chaos and trauma and pain enter into the relationship because Hagar begins to treat Sarah with contempt and Sarah blames Abraham and Sarah treats Hagar so badly that the woman eventually runs away. Why? Because they had tried to come up with an earthly solution to fulfill the promise of God, rather than trusting God to bring about fulfillment of the promise in his way and in his time. You know, just a side note that Hagar, who got caught up in this whole thing, was not forgotten by God. We're told in Genesis 16, 7, that the angel of the Lord found Hagar after she'd run away, strikes, strikes up a conversation with her. So God came to her in that time of need, in that time of pain, in that time of confusion, of hopelessness and despair. He heard, he saw Hagar. She was not forgotten, which takes me to another point. And that is that God is big enough to deal with our mistakes, even in the midst of waiting. He's really good about that. Um, even when we go into something that's accepted by culture or God's plans, our plans, we try to, you know, it's outside God's plans. We try to make things happen. Um, and Hagar actually begins to refer to God as the God who sees. And that's really important because that's really important to me anyways, that I serve a God who sees. He sees and he knows and he will meet me right where I am at. He will do that for you. He sees, he knows, he will meet you right where you're at. And of course, that baby that's born to Abraham and Ishmael as a result of this compromise, his name is, I'm sorry, the, the baby born to Abraham and Hagar is named Ishmael. Okay. And we also have to understand that God does love Ishmael. He always extended his hand to Ishmael, but Ishmael's not the promised child. So here's the key. When we navigate outside the transitional season, we navigate outside the promises of God. We risk creating a situation that's not part of God's original intent which is what Abraham and Sarah did as they tried to solve things by the cultural norms, by what they understood, by their own understanding. They bring Hagar into the mix. Ishmael is born. So he, he brought something to, to pass or another component, which is outside the fullness of the plan of God. You know, Years later, God comes back and he meets with Abraham again to confirm this promise of a child. And at that point, Abraham's really, really discouraged. And he actually laughs at what God says. 
you know, not only does he laugh, but he actually tries to do some negotiation with God and tries to get uh, God's original plan. Like he's trying to say, okay, God, let's, let's apply this with how I understand it with what I've done. In other words, make Ishmael that child, but God, while loving Hagar and Ishmael tells Abraham that his promise will stand, that Ishmael will be blessed because that's who our God is but he's still not the child of promise. It doesn't change that fact. It doesn't change the fact that Ishmael was conceived out of the covenant, out of the promise of God, out of the plan of God, out of the timing of God. Ishmael was man's way rather than God's way. And God is saying to Abraham, I still love Ishmael. I still love you. I still love Sarah and I love Hagar, but this is not the promised child. This is not my plan. And so with all this, it seems to me another issue we run into is God's ability to tell time. So I live in the Eastern time zone of the United States, and I can forget that other areas have other time zones. So when I'm making calls or when I'm traveling to other areas, other nations, other time zones, what do I have to do? I have to adjust to that time zone, right? Okay, I have to make those adjustments in order to live in that area, in order to have the impact that I'm supposed to have. Now, here's a key. When we're dreaming with God, we have to learn to adjust to his time zone. Okay, we can't stay stuck in our own. We have to learn to adjust in him. We have to learn to adjust to the time zone of the kingdom of heaven. And when we do that, that puts a safety net so that we don't, become so frustrated in those transitional times and try to create our own solutions. So I mentioned earlier that we see in a mirror dimly. Um, We have to remember that this tells us right off the bat that we may not see things. You know, we don't have the full understanding. Abraham and Sarah read headlong into this as they attempted to step into God's shoes and fulfill the dream themselves, which of course brought Hagar into the picture. You know, as they looked into the mirror, a proverbial mirror, what did they see at their age? They saw their aging bodies. They saw the years ticking by. They saw the impossibility of the situation in the earthly realm. They were, that all filled their vision and they problem solved at a natural level rather than aligning with the promises of God. So another thing we need to do in order to um, hang on to the promises of God is to write them down. And that's why I told you to grab your journal. We write them down. We talk about them with others who we trust. We allow ourselves to dream with God, even when it looks impossible. Maybe even create a dream board with the aspects of the dream that we understand and allow the pieces to fill in as time goes on. Along with that, um, the great thing is, is that we live on this side of the cross. Abraham and Sarah did not. They were on the other side of the cross. We live on this side of the cross. So we have both the Old and the New Testaments at our fingertips. We have all these accounts from the Lord, we can sit and ask the Lord for scripture and allow the scripture to fuel the dream. Speaking of fueling the dream, there's another secret that the Lord revealed to me as I was struggling through a transition a number of years ago. He challenged me to begin to dream his dream, to see it in the su- at the supernatural level. Um, an invitation to dream with him might be a better way to put it. Um, to see it come to pass as I dreamed with him, to align with him and dream it, even if I wasn't seeing it in the natural yet. And as I did that, I became more and more excited. And I began to see doors that I would have opened that I would have missed otherwise. And I, I began to see things differently, but I was seeing it stepped out 
at the supernatural level in the dream encounter with God before I actually walked it out. And it allowed me to get really excited and, and anticipate what God was going to do. So I want to encourage you to um, um, not talk yourself out of the dreams of God. You know, that's actually what Abraham and Sarah did. They began to talk themselves out of the fulfillment of the dream, trying to make it happen themselves. They talked themselves out of the purity of the word and brought in a substitute, which was Hagar, which again produced Ishmael. So one of the things we need to do as we dream with God is to become really stubbornly attached to the word of God and the promises of God. And there are actually a number of people throughout scripture who understood this concept. We'll go through them real quick. David, he was anointed king and waited for years to see that promise fulfilled. And I can guarantee those years didn't look the way that he imagined. Or Joshua, he went in and spied out the land with the other 11 spies only to come back and not be believed. So 10 of the 12 didn't believe the people and the leadership, which was Moses, aligned with those 10 rather than with Joshua and Caleb. And he spent the next 40 years roaming the wilderness again. And so that certainly was not playing out the way that he expected. If we go into Hebrews 11, which we call the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Faith, there are many people commended for their faith, even though they didn't see the fullness of it come to pass. They still hung on to those dreams. They still hung on to the promises of God. So one of the things that I've learned over the years is as we go through these periods, as we're dreaming with God, as we're trying to, to look for the fulfillment, as we're doing our best to partner with him, um, there's a lot more going on than what we see in the moment. You see, I, I had a dream from God and I waited and waited and waited like David waited and waited like Abraham and Sarah waited and waited like Caleb and Joshua waited and waited and so many others. They waited and waited and waited. Think of Simeon and Anna waiting for the promised Messiah. They waited and waited and waited. And, you know, through it all, there were times when I wondered if I missed it. And I'm sure there's times when they wondered if they missed it. When you question everything, but that's where it's so important that we become stubborn. Because even in that questioning, we can't give up. We keep that dream set in front of us, which is why, again, if we're journaling it, if we're listening to the Lord, if we're adding to it, if we're adding scripture, if we're meditating on it, if we're dreaming it with him in a different time frame, in, in heaven's time frame, then we don't give up and we stay the course. James 1.4 talks about when our endurance is fully developed. So endurance is developed. Okay. It doesn't come overnight. When I was running marathons, when I was doing distance running, I, that did not develop overnight. Trust me. I fought for each mile. Okay. I fought, let's say sometimes each step I fought for that. I fought to be able to run the distance. So we fight for our dreams by being stubborn about it, by staying aligned with the word of God in the time of waiting, you know, God teaches us that endurance and he trains us and equips us so that when the dream, when the season of the dream, the fullness of the season of the dream opens up, we're actually mature enough, we're equipped, we're ready to step into it. Never despise the training ground that prepares you to step into the dream or the fullness of God. But we have to be intentional. We have to be focused. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, so don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. In Psalm 130, we have the psalmist. He's crying out from the depths of despair. We could say from the depths of disappointment, 
But through all of that, he recounts God's love and the wonder. And then in verse five, so Psalm 130, verse five out of the Passion, he states, this is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. Waiting on the promises of God come to pass, the dreams of God, the things that he's given us can be difficult, absolutely, but it is possible. We keep worshiping, we keep in the word, we keep praying, we keep dreaming, we keep journaling, we can develop a dream board, we keep adding the scriptures, and we keep our focus. In other words, we just become determined to walk out the fullness of what God has called. With that said, with that determination, let me give a caution. We don't force our way through the doors that are not open. That's what Abraham and Sarah did. That was the result with Ishmael. Okay, we don't force our way through. We don't take the battering ram and open those doors. We trust in God's timing and that he will open the doors and give us the revelation, give us that green light to go. And in the meantime, as we're contending for that, we keep dreaming, we keep pressing into the word, we become so focused on him that we're not going to we're not going to try to bring an acceptable cultural solution into the promise of God. We're going to stay with the promise of God. God has he he wants us to run the race with an endurance with a steadfastness to walk through the fullness of those promises. And there are so many sp- times along the way where if our focus gets a little bit off, we can slip up and we'll abort the dream, or we will try to bring a human solution to it. The way around that is to really stay fixed and focused on him and do some of those things that I just mentioned from the praise and worship to the journaling, to talking to others, to dreaming at his level and knowing that he will make a way and he will make it very clear. He's faithful. He is so faithful to do that. I can personally um, give testimony to that how clear when we wait on him, even if we're asking all those questions, did I miss it? What about this? What about that? That when we keep looking at him and saying, Lord, my heart's yours. I want to do this your way. I just need to know when you say go and how that looks, he is faithful and he will do that. But we have to be really, really careful about that timing component. All right. I know we went long. So again, um, you are created to dream. Okay, just like Joseph was a dreamer, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, you are created to dream. So ask him for those dreams. Take the promises of God. Stand on the promises of God. Become really stubbornly attached to the word of God, the voice of God. Process through it. And when you feel like you're trying to open it up on your own or trying to have like this cultural solution for for this heavenly promise, just stop back up. And you know what, again, when we blow it, because we all blow it, we have a really gracious, merciful God, who is willing to bless that quite often. It's amazing. I mean, it amazes me that the level of love that God had for Hagar and Ishmael. And even for Abraham, as he talked to him, as, as he basically reprimanded Abraham, and got him back on track for the promise. That same love extends to us. It's not an excuse to mess up, but it's to know that when we do, he's still there and he still has us and he'll get us back on that right track. So some of you guys, I really feel like you've had promises and you've had dreams from God and you really feel that it's too late. You feel like you missed it. You feel like you're too old. Um, that you're, you're going through the list of all the reasons that it cannot come to pass. I want to give you one reason why it can, but God. 
that's my word for you today is you think about those dreams, those promises, but God, just go and put a but God back when you when you're going through all that frustration, all that discouragement, all those questions, just put a but God and change shift what you're saying, what you're believing, because God still he, he says, trust Proverbs um, three, five and six, my favorite, favorite verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That is your word for today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. How I wish I could have given that verse to Abraham and Sarah so many years ago and asked them with this change your plans with Hagar, what would happen if you were to lean back and trust him, even when nothing's making sense. So thank you for hanging in there through this long one today. I trust that you've just been encouraged that you have some keys as you dream and walk out the promises of God. Again, I want to ask you to do me a number of favors. Number one, share this with others. Um, it would just, it just helps. We want to build up the body of Christ. Man, if, if we begin to dream again, so much would change. So please share it. Please put comments, engage with each other in the comment section. If you're listening to Real Truth with Ruth, God's Solutions for Daily Living, um, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review, put comments in that also. And I just want to ask, I don't do this often, but if these are blessing you, would you consider making a donation to just to help support the ministry, to help support RHM International, to help support these videos that we do every day, to help support the podcast as we seek to reach others and to encourage the body of Christ? All donations get poured back into the ministry. And if you're interested in doing that, you can certainly go to the website. Again, it's ruthhendrickson.org, R-U-T-H-H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Org. We are a 501c3 here in the United States, so your donation of any amount would be tax deductible. So again, the website is ruthhendrickson.org, and I'm just going to say thank you in advance. So have a great day, be so blessed, and keep dreaming with God. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.